Support for this podcast comes from Taylor. With the Taylor app, chat with a personal stylist for free. It's fashion advice from a pro, all at your fingertips. Don't know what to buy to wear to that wedding or need ideas for how to style what's already in your closet? A Taylor stylist is ready to help. Go to taylorstylist.com slash jove to download for free today. That's T-A-I-L-O-R stylist.com slash jove. One more time, that's taylorstylist.com slash jove. Weddings ish, 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 weddings ish. With Jove. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings Ish with Jove. This episode, our wedding planning tip, I talk all about a surprise wedding, the pros and cons of a surprise wedding. That's right, you can totally surprise everyone and get married. Our special guest this episode is the founder and creative director of Tin Can Studios, Ingrid Carozzi. Enjoy! Weddings-ish! Wedding planning can be so stressful, can take a lot of time and energy, can create tension between family and fiancé and friends and a myriad of opinions and people asking you tons of questions. If you want to avoid all of that, just plan a surprise wedding. More and more couples are doing this. They're deciding to throw it all out the window and have a surprise wedding. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the pros and the cons of a surprise wedding. One pro is the guests can't ask you all the questions that you're maybe too stressed to even think about. What are your colors? How many people are you inviting? Where are you having it? Do you have a theme? Can I bring my children? Are you going to have children? Where are you registered? I mean, when you say you're getting married, there are a million questions that follow up. And by having a surprise wedding, in one second, you've decided not to deal with any of those, which is so amazing. There's also a lot less pressure for you to make it fancy or formal or uppity. You can really make it totally casual and whoever you are because no one has the expectation that it has to be a fancy wedding. They just think they're going to a party. Um, In some occasions, you will save money if you're having um, a more low-key wedding Since it's a surprise wedding, it's a party rather than a wedding. You might save money, especially on stationery. You're not going to be sending out formal save the dates, formal invitations, reply cards. So all of that money is totally a saving. If you're going to have a surprise wedding, you cannot send out all of these fancy things or make a website or have a registry. You can't do all those things or it'll give away the fact that it's not a surprise wedding. So essentially what you're doing is inviting everyone to a big party, be it a 30th birthday or potentially an engagement party, a surprise engagement party, a college graduation party, anything that you could imagine is a celebratory occasion. That's what you're inviting people to. They show up and bam, you're getting married. So they walk in and they have no idea until they see the ceremony setting or they see um, the couple or they see a key reason why it's definitely a wedding and not what they think they were invited to. So I know what you might be thinking, like who would do such a thing? And I think definitely it's not for everyone, but Mark Zuckerberg did it. So if the founder of Facebook, Facebook can do it, then anyone can do it. I mean, he basically told everyone that they were going to a graduation party uh, 
And then, of course, it turns out he was getting married. So uh, those are some of the pros that we mentioned before. There's less pressure on you. There's no questions. There's less stress. You can possibly save some money. Um, It definitely, I think, can be more fun as long as your fiancé and immediate family are on board. Then it could be a total blast. Some of the cons that people don't often think about is you might not get gifts. You can't really have a wedding registry. You can't really ask for gifts, um, not in the same way sort of a graduation party might command a bottle of wine or a small gift or a birthday party might command a gift certificate to a restaurant. But there's nothing like a wedding that'll get you these bigger ticket items on a registry. So you won't get any gifts, that's for sure. Uh, You won't have any pre-wedding parties. So if you were going to do a bachelorette party, if you were going to do a bridal shower, any of those things that you would do ahead of time, um, the rehearsal dinner, you're not going to get all of the festivities leading up to it. So for some of you who are thinking, I want this to be easy and fun, then that's great. It's less work for you, less planning, less time in the spotlight. Um, but just note, none of those things are possible with a surprise wedding. Because if you do any of those, you give away the surprise. Um, I think another one is the probably the biggest one I always tell couples is that some of your best friends or closest family members, they might not make it. I mean, if you're inviting someone to a birthday party or a surprise engagement party, they'll do their best to make it. But people don't try as hard for things that are sort of less life-altering than a wedding. So when you invite someone to a wedding, they're happy to fly across the country, get a hotel for a couple of nights, really make a weekend out of it. But if it's a 30th birthday, or it's a surprise engagement party, or it's a surprise college graduation party, you might not have as many people show up as you would imagine. So for some of you listening, that might not be a bad thing. Maybe you want to cut your guest count, and a surprise wedding is a great way to do that. But on the other end, you have to remember the RSVPs can't be taken so seriously. With a wedding, people, you know, there's protocol. You have to RSVP by a certain time. If not, you follow up, you hound them, and you need the numbers for the caterer. With a surprise wedding, if you're telling people it's a birthday party... No one really expects you to hound them. And also, they may say yes to your digital invite, and then the day of, they might not show up, or they might show up three hours late, or an hour late, or half an hour late. Because really, let's face it, who wants to be the very first person at a party? No one. Everyone wants to show up 15, 20, 30, an hour late. They might go have drinks and dinner and then show up assuming you're party is just going to be small bites. So there's a lot of things that could go wrong in a surprise wedding. You just have to be ready for that. You have to be ready for whatever happens, knowing that you can't necessarily control your guests uh, as much as you could in a typical wedding setting. That being said, you will have the best time ever when you watch the surprises on all of your friends and family's face as they walk into a room they think is for one kind of a party, and it turns out it's for the biggest and best party ever, and they were totally punked. And I think that that is something that is so fun and irreplaceable and so special But also, I think if you're the person that's very particular, this may not be for you. Because if you invite someone to a more casual party and they show up to your surprise wedding in jeans and a t-shirt, 
you can't be mad. Or if they show up in all white, you can't be mad because you didn't tell them what the occasion really was. So just know that some people may not show up and just know that some people or many people may be late, so they might even miss the ceremony. And some, not everyone, but most may come more casual than you would want them to for your wedding. So if you are the guy or the girl that says yes to all of this, says yes to sort of making the decisions quickly, privately, and without any fuss, and your bar is low in terms of expectations from your guest and their fashion and their timing, then a surprise wedding is for you. If those things matter very much to you or your significant other or a family member who may be paying for said party, then I would think twice to decide if having a surprise wedding is really what you want to do. Because sometimes what sounds like a great idea isn't always actually a great idea. Because it is your wedding day, and you want all the people there um, that you love and that support you, and they might not make it. But also, if you give them enough notice and you have it on a Saturday, you never know. People like to party. People love free booze. People love you. They'll show up. Some tips when planning a surprise wedding, try to find a venue that is not a popular wedding venue. If you send out an invitation for your birthday party at a very popular wedding venue, people are going to start to figure it out. If you make a website for your surprise party, people will figure it out. You got to try to keep it as casual and low key as possible. And maybe you don't even get engaged before this surprise party. So people really have no idea that you're even thinking about a wedding. Um, You don't give them any inkling. And on social media, you can't post that you're going dress shopping. You, You have to keep it all a secret. You really can only share with your very closest, your fiance, your mom, you know, your parents, their parents. Otherwise, once the word gets out, it will spread like wildfire. So keep it quiet. Don't post on social media and uh, do it at a non-traditional venue in a non-traditional format. So for those guests who are 15, 30, an hour late, if you have a cocktail party, it's no problem because there are no assigned seats. There's no plated dinner. They can show up and party with you and love you and celebrate you and be surprised as fuck that you got married when you said you were getting graduated or when you said you were getting another year older or when you said you were getting surprise proposed to or proposing to someone as a surprise. So whatever you do, have fun doing it. Think through all the pros and cons and decide if it's right for you or hell no, this is not right for me. And whatever it is, enjoy it, make the most of it and drink champagne every step of the way. Weddings-ish! I am super excited to be sitting across from the super talented, creative, and very beautiful, I must say, (laughs) Ingrid Carosi of Tin Can Studios. How are you? I'm just as excited as you. Oh, well, good. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. Your studio is so beautiful. Oh, we call it rustic. (laughs) It's rustic. There's wood, there's metal, but it's just such a happy place to be. It is. It's cozy. (laughs) Um, So Ingrid, where did Tin Can Studios come from? So I started working with flowers about five years ago, and it was sort of by chance. I uh, Only five years? Yeah, oh. five years. And I was working as a graphic designer at the time. I mm-hmm. worked with a lot of branding um, and, you know, designed logos and websites and stuff like that. 
Before that, I had worked for the Swedish Chamber of Commerce for three years, since I'm, I'm half Swedish. Mm-hmm. And I planned events for the Swedish Chamber of Commerce. And it's a very Here active, in New York? Or yep, in, in New York. Okay. And they're a very active chamber. They do like 40 events per year. Some oh, wow. are like, you know, 800 people at the Waldorf Astoria. You know, we would fly in artists from Sweden and do like, you know, big... Uh, names like the founder of Ikea or, you know, mm-hmm. there's like Sweden is a very industrious country. So. I didn't want to talk about Ikea, but I guess right? it's unavoidable when <laughs> you know, say Sweden. <laughs> it is, but there's a lot of other companies. So basically, I had worked there for three years uh, doing events and they contacted me about a gala dinner they were going to do at the Mandarin Oriental um, mm-hmm. and asked me if I wanted to do flowers. And it was with the king and queen of Sweden. And I was like... No well, pressure. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you asking me? Like, I don't know anything about flowers. So, and like, you had never done them before. No, I'd never done flowers before. Wow. <clears throat> and she said, well, the reason why I'm asking is, you know, I know you're uh, very... Um, you have a great eye and you ha- you're a great designer and you're very good with concepts. So... I think you would be good. Like, it would be, I think you would be amazing. And I was like, all right, well, yeah, why not? Like, I love a wow. challenge. Yeah. And at the time, you know, there's a lot of the, it was a farm to fork symposium. Mm-hmm. And so I was working with a company uh, that does a lot of uh, furniture out of salvaged wood. So I had access to like scrap wood and I built crates and filled with, uh, you know, artichoke and crown dill and mm-hmm. like feel like more like farm flowers. You literally brought farm to table yeah. for flowers. And we, yeah. And then I went to the tasting and they came out with the first course and the flowers were on the table and it basically matched the flowers, matched the food That's um, because it was like Swedish food. Yeah. Um, and when we did the event, like one woman came in the room and she started crying when she saw the flowers because she, it reminded her of like her, you know, childhood in Sweden, mm-hmm. farm, and and it was just this immediate reaction, and I just like realized that I should be doing this, you yeah. know, working with flowers. So I launched a website, thought I would do it as a side gig, sort of, and then it, you know, a year later, I was featured best florist in New York in New York Magazine, and then things in really, one year, yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, so I started handing out leftovers here in Red Hook because <clears throat> I would have leftovers, and I like pop them in my bike basket and ask uh, other restaurants or cafes around here if they they wanted wanted flowers and they were like super happy to have them and that way there were a couple of event planners that saw my flowers at baked for instance Mm -hmm. one event planner that works a lot with like wet chandon and other like um bigger uh companies uh saw my flowers and called me immediately and asked me if i could do some events and it just took off very, very quickly. That's mm. crazy. Yeah. At so you like had never like in your mind, in your vision, in your future, you never saw flowers. It wasn't Mm-mm. something you dreamed about or played with. Nope. Or I mean, I loved flowers. I sure. always have flowers on my kitchen table. And mm-hmm. I was very specific about what kinds of flowers I would put on my kitchen table when I had dinners and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I had never been into like arranging or anything like that. Or making it a business. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know... It took off really, really fast, and I I barely had time to reflect upon it even now. You know, I launched a book also around the same time. um, I did this, uh, I hosted this uh, event up here at a restaurant called Colony for about like I the, love Colony. Yeah, so she's Swedish. She's a friend of mine. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's and this I whole invited, Swedish world. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it is a bit of a little bit of a mafia. Um, <laughs> but so basically, I uh, invited some other Swedish um, entrepreneurs, and we spoke about Brooklyn as a brand. Um, and then uh, there was an editor uh, that does um, works a lot for L Decor in Sweden. She saw my flowers there. 
And she asked me if I wanted to do a book. And I was like, yeah, of course. You know. She just approached you yeah. and said, will mm-hmm. you do a book? Yeah. And I was like, that's like she a was, dream come true. Yeah, it's a dream. And I thought she was, I didn't take her seriously. I was like, yeah, sure. We'll do a book. I've always wanted to do a book. Um, and she's like, all right, we'll come up uh, tomorrow and start doing some test shots. And I was like, sure. Okay. They showed up, <laughs> did some test shots. And a month what? later we had a book deal. Yeah. So it That's was just a really crazy that was published in Sweden. Yes. So it was published first in Sweden mm-hmm. and then it was then, um, a German publisher bought the rights. So it was also launched in Germany. And then Abrams, uh, here, um, saw the book somehow. Oh, I was in a book called Brooklyn Street Style. So they saw my flowers in that book <clears throat> and then, they noticed that I'd written a book, so they approached me and asked me if they could buy the right. They asked the publisher if they could, if they buy, could the, buy the rights, and they for the did. Book and we US. added forty pages. So wow. it launched. The book launched here in April, mm-hmm. and it's been really fun. I mean, it's a more, much more like approachable style than my typical arrangements are. You know, pretty elaborate, even yeah. though they're like they're re- there's an informal sort of quality. <clears throat> they're like supposed to seem effortless, but. The book is definitely simpler, like simpler arrangements. Um, so is the people, goal so people can make this at home? Yeah. So okay. it's for every, like that. That's what was important with the book is that it felt approachable because sometimes there are these like amazing books uh, with re- flower recipes where you're like nobody could ever do them because they can't get their hands on the yeah, flowers on that, that are type in of that flower. book because they're from a farm or you know like mm-hmm. that people can't really. So we were trying to use like forged materials and found objects uh, for the vases and. And so that was sort of like the the overall concept for the book. So every image in the book was made for the book. You didn't repurpose mm-hmm. any but old images. But we did images. use a lot of leftovers. So basically, you know, I did, had barely had a budget. So we would use leftovers from events or like mm-hmm. stuff like that. So there's a concept for each arrangement. Um, it's sorted by season. And then some of them, the other, the other um, important... Um, part of the book was also to not use too many ingredients because again, like you're not going to go buy 20 sure. different ingredients. You buy a so couple we, of different things. Yeah. So we tried to stay under, I think 10 or if it was eight ingredients as well. So okay. it's been fun, but that's you know, amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, in Sweden, it went to bestseller all categories when it launched there here, it's been getting a lot of positive responses from all over the United States. Mm-hmm. And the other fun thing when you have these days, like when you can sell books online, like, People are buying the book in Australia. Yeah, they can buy it anywhere they want. I get people are like, send me pictures from, oh, I saw your book. And they'll send me a shot of the book in like, at some place in like London or, you know. That's so so amazing. Yeah. yeah, And and they're selling it in other non-English speaking countries because, you know. Yeah. Well, flowers speak to everybody, I feel like. So So in five years, you've built an amazing business and have a book. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Um, I think it's obviously a testament to who you are and the work that you do. So what is your style? What sort of is a tin can studio style? So my floral style, like, and it's funny because I just had a walkthrough with a client um, for a wedding. And I always have these really relaxed, really amazing clients that are down to earth. And I I was sort of scared about even, I originally was just working with corporate clients um, because I thought it would be easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to have like difficult, high maintenance clients. Emotional clients. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, uh, I was sort of a little bit um, off the fence, like if I was even going to do weddings. But then, interestingly, like I got a few requests and people came up and they were just so down to earth and like cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is that 
it's our style. Our style is a little, it's more relaxed. It's a little looser mm-hmm. and that attracts a different client. Yeah. So <clears throat> most of our clients just want um, the arrangements to look effortless, but still uh, composed mm-hmm. uh, and lush and just like sort of wild, but not yeah. too crazy. Um, and I guess romantic, but there is a bit of an edge. There's always a little bit of an edge edge to to it. So I think a lot of it is finding the right ingredients and making them mixing, you know, not, you can't just use expensive ingredients. So a lot of times, you know, you mix in something really special, just finding that like a couple of like really Mm -hmm. interesting flowers to make the arrangement look interesting and something like you wouldn't see every day. Yeah. Yeah. We did a wedding together, and I thought it was so beautiful. Your personal flowers, you made wearable floral jewelry. Mm-hmm. I had never seen that before. Really? It's always like a tie-on yeah. or a clip-on mm-hmm. or a pin-on. But every mom is like, don't pin on my dress, and this thing's going to fall off. But those were so beautiful. How did you come up with that? Can you talk we a little bit more just, about that? Well, just because of that reason, like I was thinking I wouldn't want to wear a corsage that looks like mm-hmm. that. I wouldn't ever like prom put, from yeah, 1990s. Yeah, I would never put on something. Yeah. like that but I love bracelets like yeah. I'm not into jewelry a lot but like for a wedding you want something um and people want to especially like for the wedding party you want to show that you're part of the wedding mm-hmm. like <clears throat> your family or um and so we wanted to find a way to like do that without you know with you know people do want to wear something so we I don't know like I just thought what would I want to wear and Actually, me and my daughter would go to make jewel flower, like not flower jewelry, but regular jewelry. Mm-hmm. She loves making little bracelets. Yeah. And ever since she was a toddler, like she was making bracelets out of macaroni and stuff. So I was like, yeah. you know, we started making out of gold, like gold chain, like a gold chain. We would make these bracelets and just apply like a couple of flowers to it. Just a yeah. sim- super simple and minimal. And they're really, really popular. They're so chic and yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, we've done those for quite a few, like a couple of runway shows, like for Kleinfelds and um, also, and just like for the models, we've done a few style shoots with those. But yeah, they're really, really popular and fun. <clears throat> actually. I love it. I mean, it's like yeah. turning an idea that's been around for so long into something more modern and wearable, but almost you wish it wouldn't die. So you could yeah, just keep I know. wearing it. I know. I mean, there's a week we have done those with like dried flowers a couple of times. So oh, that works pretty. too. Yeah. So because then um, it'll last longer. Yeah, exactly. But they're a little more fragile, a dried flower, right? Yeah. Like if you it touches can't, something. Exactly. But it, it kind of depends what flowers you use for that but Mm -hmm. you can mix in a few dried also but no I mean that is something that doesn't last forever but you know that's the one thing I also try to do often is like take my own photographs like and take a lot of photos because Mm -hmm. then you it does uh you know a picture lives on forever yeah and then you have all the imagery yeah and that's been like sort of my thing too like a lot with my arrangements is I really do try to take beautiful photos of them myself Mm -hmm. on your iphone or do you bring no I use my I have a 50 millimeter camera okay um I like to do, you know, like I shoot my pictures typically very dark and then I bring up the light in Photoshop. Okay. So that you, you like took a photography course? Yeah, or no, no. I mean, my dad um, was like a hobby photographer, basically. Okay. I grew up in his dark room and he shot everything with a Hasselblad camera, camera. And like, so I guess I just grew up with around photography it. around me. Uh-huh. And I am a design. I mean, I did go to art school. I went to Parsons. So in that, you know, you have to learn how to shoot your work in order to mm-hmm. like put together a portfolio. So, I mean, there might have been a few classes there, but they don't really teach. It's more... Um, in general, like they don't teach things like 
technically that's just a skill you should know basically but no so I learned photography myself yeah I think it's brilliant I'd say some of the most successful florists that I know photograph their own work yeah so that it's on your social media or your website the next day instead of four months later exactly when you get the photos exactly so I think it's a brilliant apps and you can you are there without people you're there when the product hasn't been touched exactly and you can get the best shot before people manhandle your flowers no true and the thing is like I see the flowers a certain way that the photographer might not see it the Mm -hmm. same way but I try to show the flowers the way the colors read in real life Mm -hmm. you know because oftentimes photographers filter you know Mm -hmm. and they do they have their style yeah and I just want to show the flowers the way I see them in front of me sort of so I do oftentimes I'll take pictures of the flower arrangements I'll take pictures in the studio while we're doing prep work and like Mm -hmm. all the flowers are out in buckets, and then I take detail shots and I share them with um, the wedding clients afterwards. Got it. So, so they, they have get from the me just the like scenes. yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So they can see literally from start mm-hmm. to finish. Yeah, and then I they get that. my detail shots the way I kind of see yeah, the flowers. Yeah, the way that you've envisioned them. Yeah, so it's always like a fun surprise. Like I don't typically tell them; I just uh, share them after, and it, they get they often are like super happy about that. Yeah, because yeah. they don't ever see what goes on back Mm-mm. here. They yeah. just show up to a perfect wedding. Yeah, um, that's really fun. I love that surprise mm-hmm. detail. And so Tin Can Studios, where did the name come from? I just wanted to like, again, like reflect that informal quality. I didn't want, you know, I had worked with, because I had worked in event planning before, <clears throat> I had seen a lot of, like a lot of floors like have a more stuffier approach. And mm-hmm. I felt like it was, you know, it was always like a little bit intimidating. Like they don't really want to let you in on their secrets sort yeah. of, and they don't really want to share like why their pricing is a certain way, you know, like it it always felt like, Oh my God, everything's so expensive. Yeah. Um, but for, it is for a reason, but for back to my name, it's like, I just wanted to feel approachable. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in red hook We're we are very like relaxed with our clients. We want to build more like very like close relationships and have fun in the planning process that's like super important. And I always tell my clients right off the bat that I don't want them to stress out about anything. Yeah. Um, and that's hence the name, you yeah. know, it's like, I am also like, I was sort of obsessed with typography and that there's a lot of like beautiful old typography on tin cans, but uh-huh. in not necessarily why I chose that name. <clears throat> but it could be part of the reason yeah. in the back yeah. of your brain <laughs> exactly. somehow because exactly. of that obsession. Yeah. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. So when clients come to you, is there a range that they should be aware of? Like, do you have a minimum starting point or well, an average See, we amount? don't, we kind of have a minimum in a way, but we don't want to, we, we also have work with certain vendors. Like for instance, Frankie's up in um, Carroll Gardens. Mm-hmm. We, they're close by and they're friends and we do some they special. They do a ton of small weddings. Yeah. And we do that exception for them because we just love the space. Um, and so like, when people contact us and ask us about minimums, we do say 8000 right now, but at the end of the day, we always say that it all depends. Like it sure. could be a 10-person wedding, but they want to spend, you know, $4000, like yeah. we might do it anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we're a business and we need to make money, so yeah. like and it's not easy in New York yeah. to like make money as you I'm sure you know as well. Um, so, and we are booked, you know, we're booking into like late 2018. So we do have to like charge accordingly because, you know, so we do, I mean, we price everything out every time. So we typically do like a phone conversation first and like give them all the prices for, we spec out every single little thing. So there's like, it's very transparent. 
um, you'll know exactly what costs what. And sure. productions is production is spec'd it's out. It's all there, yeah. Yeah, it's all there, so there's no, like, really no question marks. We write in, like, how many inches every single arrangement is so that people, there's no, again, we don't want people to have to second guess. We don't want any surprises. And no up. confusion. You leave no room yeah. for that. Yeah. It's the worst. Like, I don't want people to show up and, and think that the arrangement isn't the size they had in mind. Sure. So, yeah, so basically... We really do write proposals almost for every single inquiry, unless it seems like it's a very, very low budget wedding. Um, it doesn't really make sense for us to do, to do that. The work. Yeah, sure. And but we don't want to like just say no right away. We want to like we typically ask quite a few questions before we say no. Mm-hmm. The other thing we always ask is like, have you really seen our style? And like, do you want to? We want to make sure that we're working with people that are that like, love are, what you do exactly. And yeah. almost every single time, they are coming to us for our style. Like yeah. that's why they contact us in the first place. So it's not like they're fishing around for like they're getting not, ten quotes. No, yeah. like very often, and it's happened quite a few times where they almost like book us first. So you know, it's not unusual at all. And that's so flattering. It is very flattering. It's all, every single time I'm like, really? Because <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you want me? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Like to be honest, um, I don't know. I'm hum- like I grew up in Sweden where you're not supposed to be like boastful and you're just supposed to just not think you're like amazing. So it's it's quite an adjustment. But I mean, I've been here in the US for like, what was it, 17 years now. So I'm, they, they think I'm American there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, you're figuring it out. You're mm-hmm. finding a fine line. So yeah. you were born in Sweden. I was born in Canada. You were born in Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. a long, like whenever people ask me where you're from, it's like a five minute conversation. It's not like, easy. Yeah. No, like I was born in Canada. My mother is Swedish and my father was Italian. And I oh, lived, wow. yeah, I lived in Canada my first nine years. And then I lived in Italy in Sweden, Sweden, like 15 years. And then I moved here. So, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Do I've you lived... speak Italian, Swedish? Yeah. I mean, my French? Swedish is better than my English, basically. Your English is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, there's every now and then, like, people can tell that I have a little bit of an accent. Yeah. And then, you know, I think, I mean, I have a pretty decent vocabulary, but my Swedish, I think the thing that comes last is like humor. And I always remember moving here mm-hmm. in the beginning. I was like, I can't be funny, yeah. but I'm funny. <laughs> Don't you get it? It doesn't translate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now, you know, I mean, 17 years later, I think I'm you're found. figuring yeah. out you're funny or you're not funny. <laughs> right. Um, you have done some really incredible work in the fashion world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, fully transforming spaces for runways. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? And can you share a little bit more about some of your favorite yeah, projects? Referrals, like, I guess, because, well, one of them, like, so we've worked, um, the last project we did was Carolina Herrera, and I got them through just referrals from, a P, like, PR firms that mm-hmm. I've worked with, um, and we were really um, super booked that week, and they, like, really wanted to work with us, because, again, like, we want to, ma- we always make sure that our clients are happy at the end mm-hmm. of the day, so... Yeah, Carolina Herrero, that was amazing because I really got to meet her and her daughter and they spoke to me like, you know, they would stand around and talk to me and discuss the flowers and they really were like super involved in yeah, the design process. That's great. And it's just so flattering to be working with like one of you know, the top designers in the world, like yeah. that you see on, you know, like Everywhere. Nicole Kidman's like walking yeah. around and you know, so it's like I can't believe she's even having this conversation with me and like 
I gave her my book and she kept looking at it and she's going to try like try out the some of the arrangements. How fun. Maybe she'll yeah. send you some pictures. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then one of the ladies didn't get the book and they kept emailing me, but I was traveling and they really wanted that book. But so that was really flattering and fun and inspiring just to look at a mother-daughter like that. Like I have, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter. you have a daughter. Yeah, she's 10, Stella. Um, and just to see that how closely they work together was really, really amazing. Um, and so that was like a really fun project. And then that was like a two day event where we also taught like journalists from <clears throat> all over, like all over, like El Russia, Vogue, you know, whatever, Mexico, they were yeah. from all over. I got to, we taught a flower jewelry workshop and they wore the jewelry at the event that night. How and fun. they were all wearing, like, you know, Your, their these, own pieces they yeah, made that we, you helped they, them All with. these fashion editors were making their own jewelry and then they actually really wore them because I was like, I don't know if they're going to wear them. Yeah, I was they're going to make it and then yeah, not wear it. But yeah. they were really into it and loving it and it was just so fun to see. Even Carolina, her daughter, Debez, uh, was wearing, like, we, she um, was wearing her flower jewelry. So it was, like, so fun. That's amazing. Yeah. And then some other, like, one of the, uh, one super cool uh, fashion show we did was for Scotch and Soda. It's a Dutch brand uh-huh. where we created this jungle and a lily pond <clears throat> and the models were standing on the lily pads and it was like this static show. So like they would darken the room, show one piece of the show, like lit up one piece of the show and then they would light up, you know, our section where it was like the lily ponds and the jungle. Like you built a full pond? Full. It was huge. Like Will you a, send some photos? I'd love yeah. to post that with this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like a full uh, fashion show, like with a uh, model standing on the lily pond. And we, I remember getting the lily pads to my apartment a few like the day before and I was like I had to put them in the bathtub and I was like you know it was like playing with it yeah Yeah, no but it was like that one was really fun too yeah yeah outside the box interesting different exactly so with wedding clients what's your process do you like someone who comes to you with a full Pinterest board and they know what they want someone who's sort of like you're a floral magician, tell me what I want it's a combination because I don't want to push people into something that I want to know what they like and what mm-hmm. they want. At the same time, I, again, like I said before, like I want to make sh- I make sure that they understand my style, which mm-hmm. they typically all like. I would say ninety five percent of the time they do, and then um, and then we kind of pick their brains in terms of like I, we always ask them to send some inspiration pictures to get an idea of like mm-hmm. how full they want the arrangements to be, etc. You know, like is it very foliage heavy? Um, and then we look at that and then we give our suggestions. Mm-hmm. We typically, you know, we start working on the de- design process later in once they've signed off with us and then we start sending concepts and then and it goes back and forth. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, with my corporate clients, it's more like conceptual where I'll send like, you know, five, six, and I, I have a really hard time reining it in. Like once I get started, I'll send like <laughs> you go crazy. lots of concepts <laughs> yeah. and it's better to just have this like really wide range to really like get all the ideas out there. It happens with bride brides as well. If they're looking for something conceptual that I do that as well. Like we've done installs, um, you know, at the white hotel where we are hanging stuff and we based it off a Eva Hesse sculpture, you Mm -hmm. know, like where she wanted that feeling. So, you know, like we, we do that as well, but you know, all every client is different and we kind of feel it out. Um, and you know, very often they do want ideas which we love to share. Sure. But sometimes they also have a very firm idea of what they want, and we so we feel it out. So we're not like pushing someone into like our one way of doing things. Sure, you, you know? want everyone to be happy. Yeah, at the end. exactly. <clears throat> What's your favorite flower? 
Mm. Ranunculus. I mean, it's just like impossible not to. They are always like teasing me here in the studio. Like, <laughs> wait, there was a phase like a couple of months ago where I wasn't using Renunx and they were like, what's wrong? Something's She's wrong. She's depressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's something wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually. It was this weird uh, moment where I was like, oh my God, I, had, I didn't get Renunx today. But, um, yeah, those are my favorite flower for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, were you married? Are you married? I was married once. Okay. I'm not anymore. Okay. Um, but uh, I mean, I am seeing someone and we have been talking Ooh, about weddings. Yes. It would be something very simple, I think. So yeah. when you were married previously, you weren't in flowers. Mm-mm. So it was... I can't even remember like what my bouquet You have no like. idea. No, I do. It was like all white. Yeah. It was kind of boring. Very classic. Yeah. I got ripped off too. Like, Wait, my, what do you mean? No, we got married in Sweden and okay. I asked my... I had See, this is so funny because like it really shows that I had no idea how much flowers should cost. And I was like, uh... Would four thousand be enough? And she's like, and I meant dollars. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that should cover it. And I, or I can't remember the number. But then she was like, oh, I thought you meant forty thousand. You know, like what? Four, <laughs> four thousand. No, I meant crowns, and it was dollars, or vice versa. But yeah. it was like basically ten times more than I thought it was supposed to oh be. And I had to, and en- I ended up having to pay whatever the number what? was. It was an insane amount for me. Yeah. Who didn't really, like, I honestly, like, just, of course I wanted beautiful flowers, but like I said, I wasn't really into it. Yeah, it wasn't your thing at that time. No, so, like, it really shows how hard it is with pricing. Yeah. That people don't really fully understand that flowers are super expensive, so I didn't get that myself, you know? You were young and getting married and had no idea. Exactly. To speak to pricing a little bit before we wrap up, Mm -hmm. I think people are totally unaware of generally the costs of running a floral business Mm -hmm. in New York. Do you have anything you could speak to about general costs or sort of like... just so people understand, I think it's important, like, um, to point out how many days are, like, one wedding, like... The preparation. All of, first of all, lots of meetings and concepts and emails back and forth, Mm -hmm. like, hours and hours of work. Before they even sign a contract. Before we even sign the contract. Then when you sign the contract, walkthroughs, like that takes maybe sometimes even a full day, you yeah. know, or like, you know, back and forth, meeting the mom, meeting mm-hmm. the, the groom, meeting, you know, and then, which we don't barely even charge for. And then, <clears throat> and then uh, just week of uh, sourcing all the materials, sourcing vases, sourcing ribbon, um, and then getting the flowers. Those come in, you know, if we, the wedding is on Saturday, sometimes I have I need flowers to come in a week before so I can open them. Yeah. Um, and then maybe 25% of the flowers were bad and that goes in the garbage. You know, like yeah. we always have a 5%, you know, where you have to order extra flowers. Of course, that you just don't know. people don't realize that that's not going to, we have to order extra in case yeah. something goes bad. You need to have a perfect centerpiece. Exactly. Yeah. Or, and then Thursday, so if the wedding's on Saturday, Thursday, all the flowers come in, we condition them because they need to drink before we start working with them. Mm -hmm. So they're drinking for a full day. Uh, Then Friday, so that's a team comes in. And then Friday, a team comes in working on the arrangements. And Saturday, all the stuff has to get there. Logistics, like getting a truck to bring everything to somewhere in the city where you yeah. can't park. So, like, you need two extra people <laughs> just to wash the truck, yeah. you yeah. know, going into a place like, for instance, just, oh, let's not mention where, but, like, there are venues where you have to go down a staircase, then on a ramp, then in another staircase, and then, and then, then an elevator. 500 flights, and then yeah. Ramp, and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. on I think the I way. know which one you're talking yeah, about. <laughs> right? And then on the way. And that's a whole half a day yeah. of loading and unloading. Exactly. And then... <clears throat> And then maybe a couple of vases break. That doesn't typically happen very often, but, you know, stuff like that. You're prepared for. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just like people think, 
And which I would too. Like I'll go to the bodega and buy a bunch of flowers. It's it's like what 10, 20, 15, 20 yeah. dollars. And yeah. then I put it in a vase. Why is it so expensive? Well, yeah. And then you know we also want to make sure the flowers are special. That yeah. there's something interesting about them. So we don't just go to any you don't buy the sale. cheapest flowers no. available. Because honestly, if I wanted to make my life a lot easier, I would just order all my flowers directly from a wholesaler. It would all just show up here. They put it in my cooler. But I wouldn't see them, you know, like even like a shade of pink, you order a pink ranunculus, even next to each other, you see two bunches of ranunculus from the same grower. They're totally different. Like, so I very often in person go to the market, pick out the flowers. You need to see them. You're an artist, you're a designer. We look at them, you know, because I know for a fact, like when I order flowers uh, from wholesalers directly, they show up and it's not the shade I was Mm -hmm. like had in mind, you know, it happens. And they can't guarantee it. So it's sort of a risky Exactly. They're like, well, it's red, you know, and I very often, I will, when I order, I I send pictures and I want, uh, my vendors know me very, very well. They know my aesthetic, so mm-hmm. they typically match accordingly. So they might not use a super vibrant pink unless I point that out. Um, you know, so it's all, a lot of it is like even um, not necessarily related to pricing, but we have like really, really strong relationships with our vendors, mm-hmm. um, which that helps with pricing down, if anything. But um, yeah, no, so I mean, flowers are expensive for a reason. Um, you know, transportation. Like they, they need to be transported somehow and you can't just send flowers over in a hot, no. like it, they have to you have a stay special cool. kind of van. Yeah, yeah. I have a cooler, the studio, like, you know, it, that costs electricity. Like there's so many different. At every corner there's something. Yeah, exactly. So if, if couples were interested in saving money, do you, I always recommend cutting wedding party flowers. Mm-hmm, Is mm-hmm. that something, we how do you feel about say that? We typically say use more, not necessarily that. Foliage is cheap either because, like, we use some really interesting foliage as well. But, like, if you have a little less flowers and more foliage, Mm -hmm. typically that will help a little bit. And then maybe just more smaller arrangements rather than, like, just, like, big centerpieces. Yeah. And then what else? I mean, it's also just, like, again, this conversation, like, what's most important to you? Mm -hmm. Where can we cut back? You know, so, like... Some people think the tables are the most important. All right, let's focus everything on the table. Like you said, like maybe your wedding party just has a posy, you know, or maybe she wears a flower on her instead of having a bouquet. bouquet. So we'll do a flower jewelry, uh, which is going to be a lot, lot um, less, you know, expensive than a bouquet, you know. So like there's always ways um, to cut back. We always ask clients what their budget is and we try to stay in their in their comfort zone because the last thing we want to do is push someone to buy more than or spend more than, than they, they had wanted. anticipated sure. again because then they're not going to be happy so we always try to try 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 to work in people's budget sometimes people's bu- budgets are just not realistic based we, on what they want yeah, yeah and then we'll tell them like you yeah. know maybe we're not a good fit because sure. we it's not you know every we well, they try- budgeted for a home in the Catskills but they yeah. want a home in the Hamptons exactly <laughs> happens it's not all the unusual. time <laughs> it's, it's also not- they don't know yeah because no, there's exactly. no information available exactly. for couples to exactly. like understand what a wedding may actually cost in a big city true no it's very true and I mean like I know because I have floors come in from other parts of of the United States and they come to the market here and they're like. <gasps> My God, it's yeah. so expensive. It's twice as expensive. Yeah. yeah, the vendors are literally in the middle of New York. You know, like yeah. they, you know, it's more expensive. We're yeah. in New York. That's the other thing. Like this is New York. Everything is more expensive. Everything, period. For everyone. Yeah. You know? So we all have to, exactly. you know, figure it out together. Yeah, and it's one of the, you know, the 
least fun parts of this job is talking about money but we have that's why we are like super transparent and like mm -hmm. we do show all our prices and i don't ever i used to always be like oh my god they're gonna think this is so expensive what sure. do i do i'm like this is what it costs like well, and also you're a business mm -hmm. you're in this you love it but it's a business to make money yeah. to support you and your family and your future exactly it's not and a hobby it's not you know definitely a charity not a hobby. yeah no i love what i do but it's also a lot of hard work and with the pricing you know i never feel bad anymore i'm like this is what it costs this is based yeah. off a formula like i don't feel bad whatsoever because yeah. this is what it costs to run know? a business yeah. and to do what you're asking exactly. me to do exactly i love exactly. that yeah. i love the honesty and i think you know more of that in our industry is needed so Absolutely. that people can have the information and then make a decision. Yeah. There's no hard feelings. Like, yeah. It's for you or it's not. Uh, well, you put out on your Instagram, which is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I love following your Instagram. Thank you, Joe. Um, you put out a message for some questions and we got some. Mm -hmm. So I'll just ask them before we wrap up here. Uh, you are known for your large scale installations. What's your favorite install? Oh, goodness. Well, that one we just talked about, the scotch and soda with the lily pond. That was super fun. And then okay. we also did a an 18 foot round chandelier, um, with like forged, uh, forged foliage 18 from 18 feet, 18 feet wide, wow. uh, that we had to hoist up with like four engines. I don't know. I just <laughs> oh love, yeah, it was just so fun. I don't know. Like I love really big, big, yeah. big, big stuff. You like a statement. Yeah, I do. Okay. And then what else? Like we've done some like giant, um, trees for like, you know, like where we filled an entire ceiling with like foliage. Like I, I do like really enjoy those. Yeah. yeah. You like a lush moment. Yeah. 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 Um, someone asked, you work with a lot of corporate clients, which do you prefer? I guess it's well, wedding the thing or is, corporate. I love having both because there is such a, it's such a difference. Corporate clients are more like a quicker turnaround and like less of a long stretch of discussions mm -hmm. and the wedding clients are the opposite and more emotional corporate is like there. It's very important that you're on brand. Yeah. The colors are right. Cut and dry. Yeah. And, and which it is for wedding clients as well, obviously, but it's like very much like, um, quicker. And I, I really like the combination. I like the fact that we're not just doing weddings because to me it's like just nice to have that balance mm -hmm. um so for me if anything it's just my favorite thing is to have both you yeah. know which we have like we actually um almost do the same amount like like oh, money wise like 50 split but we were looking yesterday at the numbers and we're actually we do actually more corporate but their budgets are often very high too so got it <clears throat> yeah so but, it balances out yeah um, someone asked how you came to write a book, but I think you answered that yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah. It found you, which exactly. is kind of magical. Yeah. Uh, where can people buy the book? So online? they're online everywhere, like Barnes okay. and Noble, Amazon, like anywhere online. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And the last question we have is what are you planning for your future? Oh my God. Well, like, <laughs> that's a big uh, question just to, to like, uh, that is a big question because basically like <laughs> we just know what's happening tomorrow basically. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can just get that, that by like day by day, I'm happy. But if I were to like add in anything to this business, I would say I would, well, when I first moved into my space here in Red Hook, they told me I could grow root, um, flowers on the rooftop. So I was oh, going to wow. do a rooftop farm. And that was really important to me. Yeah. And then the ladies next door, um, there's an event space next door, didn't, it's actually their roof. So the people that rented out my space to me shouldn't have promised, you know, that we could use Yeah, they the couldn't roof. make a promise. Yeah. Um, we were using that as our outdoor space and like having parties out here and stuff. So they never complained until, you know, a couple of months in, 
they're like, no, we don't want people stomping on our roof, with that, which I totally understand. But like, that was a dream that got yeah. stomped on, basically. So um, I am trying to find way, figure out um, potentially. Right now, we're like, b- like branching out in our current space and like taking every single space that becomes available in here. But um, maybe one day, like, we'll move to a different space where I can grow. I really would love to grow. You like, want to grow some flowers. Nothing huge, but like, just have some like ex like something ranunculus. special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you, know, like, you want a ranunculus farm. Yeah, or even like some like foliage. I mean, there's lots of stuff you could grow. Yeah. But yeah, that would be a dream. And okay. then um, a second book. We're talking about a second book, too. Nice. Can you give yeah. any insight as to what that might um, be? Well, it would involve more like just... Um, well, I can't really tell you. Okay, well, we'll, <laughs> well find out. Other, it would well, it would involve other Brooklyn vendors, basically. Okay, so, so not just yourself yeah, and not exactly. just flowers. I want to invite you know, that like kind of like collaborative nature would come out more in mm-hmm. this book where Great. we kind of like uh, highlight or emphasize some other vendors as That's well. That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds like yeah. a great idea. I'll yeah. wait for my phone call right? on that one. Um, <laughs> That'd be amazing. I love working with you. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. And where can people find you? What is your website, your Instagram? It's Tin Can Studios, um, basically, on Instagram. All the way across. <laughs> Except the website, I think, is, yeah, BK, Tin Can Studios BK, like BK for Brooklyn. Um, and otherwise, yeah, Tin Can Studios just on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. It was so lovely chatting with you. This is so fun. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to work together again soon. Me too. All right. Bye. Bye. Weddings-ish. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Weddings-ish with Jove. It really means the world to me. I would also love to encourage you to share with your friends the podcast link, share on social media, and of course, feel free to leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. It's super helpful. It takes just a moment. Tell us what you're loving, why you love it. And again, if you have any wedding planning questions, we'd love to hear them. Podcast at jovemeyerevents.com. Again, it's podcast at jovemeyerevents.com. Send any and all questions. We love to answer them. No questions off limits. Weddings-ish! The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. If you need an amazing wedding band, make sure to check them out. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish! Weddings-ish!